Hello and welcome to a very special Fear the Walking Dead post-apocalyptic media podcast. This is an episode that is going to be dedicated entirely to commenting on the latest Fear the Walking Dead. So if you are here and you're not a fan of Fear the Walking Dead, let me tell you just a couple things. First of all, we have a Handmaid's Tale uh, podcast episode that we just dropped, and we're going to drop an Attack on Titan special episode. But those are specials. We're actually a news-based podcast. We do a weekly podcast every Friday that tells the post-apocalyptic news. We just skipped it this week uh, for several different reasons. But, uh, you know, mainly mainly just uh, people's schedules went, went wild. So there were health-related reasons, all sorts of stuff. But um, the bottom line is we're going to be back on track next Friday. Tune in then for, um, for news. But for this episode, it is all about Fear the Walking Dead. So we are going to do spoilers for the very latest of Fear the Walking Dead. This is just for the fanatics, the people that are into the show. So I will give you that warning right now. This is a good time to step away from the podcast or else you will be spoiled for uh, the very latest 2021 Fear the Walking Dead spoilers. You've been warned. All right, Steph. Uh, oh, <laughs> let me introduce Let me introduce us, if you don't know. Uh, my name's Derek, and I'm the host of this podcast. Stephanie here is a co-host of the podcast, and she is Hello. also a prolific Fear the Walking Dead writer. Why, thank you. <laughs> Um, yes, I am. I yeah, write you, about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you looked up a Fear of the Walking Dead review, you might have read her work already. So anyways, we just watched the episode. We haven't talked to each other much at all since the episode aired. We watched the episode. We ran to our podcast recording booth. And here we are going to discuss it bit by bit. And first of all, let me just say, can you just stop shooting John Dory, please? <laughs> Oh my gosh, how many times can John Dory be shot? I just watched John Dory get shot again. Thanks again. so much, Fear the Walking yeah. Dead. You you're giving me like fear. I now have fear of your TV show, Fear the Walking Dead, Fear the Fear the Fear the Walking Dead show. Yes. Because what the hell? Last week, you gave me a whole episode that was just a tear-jerking, like, stillborn baby visions uh, with the mom and the daughter, like, having a having a heart-to-heart the whole time. I'm getting, like, teary-eyed just talking about that episode. We're going to talk about that episode at the end of this, but we Yeah, are and first. how great, well, how ahead. perfect that they released that on Mother's Day, that, on TV, it, that, that was... <laughs> That was I mean, ballsy. What? I I gotta hand it to him. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone has done a pointed episode like that since I don't know what the Father's Day Game of Thrones episode that those of us who watched Game of Thrones will remember. This is just oh my gosh! I mean, uh, yeah. Happy so, Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Being Mother's very Day. sad and depressed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, th- that episode was uh, just a uh, just a. Uh, but let's let's go. But we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. For now, we're gonna talk about first of all, Morgan. Morgan has gone all over the place this um, these last two seasons. Really, he's been all over the place. You don't know where he's 
where he's, his moral compass is going to point next. He's just uh, he's very uh, off off base, and um, I just I think that he's finally starting to get out of it. But right now, uh, you know, I think it's important to re- recognize that Morgan has gone through a lot of trauma really quickly in his life, and um, he just lost uh, a child. Or I guess it, it wasn't his child, actually, was it? It wasn't his child, but he and Grace were so close that I have a feeling, you know, he was already probably planning to raise it as his child and had all these plans in his head about it. So even though it wasn't his child, I think he was already thinking of it that way. And and then on top of that, he just lost his best friend, John yeah. Dory. His best friend. It's a lot. And this still doesn't mean that I didn't think he was a complete jerk in making terrible decisions at the beginning of the episode. Because he was. It was out of pain, I'm sure, and not thinking clearly. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself, but... Yeah, in an apocalypse, if someone is a doctor, you are nice to that person. <laughs> you yeah. you need that person. Yeah, especially when your girlfriend just lost her baby and is dealing with a lot of health problems. Yeah. You have somebody you love and you're going to, who needs a doctor and you're going to drive away the doctor real smart, Morgan, real smart. And you know, I just, I think it's so messed up. Uh, Morgan, Morgan, but you know, like the, in the other episode, Morgan was willing to go to war essentially to protect Virginia um, that was really yeah, dumb. Was I just, he, I don't he, think that he's thinking straight. No, I don't think he is either. I mean, I guess he was so determined not to lose another person after John Dory died that he was going to do whatever it takes, even betraying people in order to protect Virginia. But geez, I mean, the best I can think of is, I don't know. They're not going to delve into this on the show, I'm sure, but on The Walking Dead, he lost his son, and he completely lost his mind, and flipped out, and went completely insane after his son died, and then had to be brought back Yeah, that's by true. By his... Hmm? That's true. Yeah, he had to be brought back by his mentor, or the guy who became his mentor, through all of that training, and stick training, and everything, he had to find his center again and for a while he erred too far on the side of being passive a pacifist but you know i guess because they just had daniel lose his mind and have whole episodes centered around that that they can't have morgan daniel just lost his mind they have a whole insane asylum at, at morgan's uh new place just people who go crazy and you know let's not pretend that dakota is a sane person she oh, yeah. she murdered John Dory for no good reason. John, if you can't trust John Dory, who why would you bother trusting anyone in this world? Right. Like she shouldn't even be in a community if she can't look at John Dory who ran away from Virginia because he wouldn't compromise on his character and he told her that he was going to be um uh, you know that he he wasn't going to talk about the that whole thing. So okay, yeah. It I'm still so sore about John Dory dying. He um, Me too. God dang, and like that, it's so frustrating. And uh, well, we didn't have a podcast about you know a special podcast 
we talked about it on our main podcast, mm-hmm. but I just, I loved how they teased us with him fighting to survive in the river. And we thought maybe he'd make it and um, got used to that idea. And then we found out he was actually dead. I thought that that was a responsible way to traumatize us all. So, <laughs> yes. So now we know that nobody's safe. And we're just like waiting when they shot John Dory and he fell on top of a grave site that was already marked John Dory. I thought, holy crap, he's going to die right on top of his son. The show has conditioned me to expect anything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Me, me too. Which, which is how it should be in an apocalypse. You should be expecting anybody to die at any time. But Oh man, I I'm I really like the fact that they introduced John Dory's dad. That we all a lot of people thought he was dead. There were some people who were theorizing that maybe he wasn't that he was alive all this time. I love that they brought his dad back. Um I mean that was a really they have it's a good actor who's playing his dad. The the whole thing is is a great story, but it also just throughout the entire episode, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, what if John Dory were still alive? How great would this be if we were seeing the son interact with his dad? Wow, that would have been really great. So <laughs> it hurts because, <laughs> jo- yeah, he was my favorite character, too. Now, right at the end, a little having his dad there, but it's also sad. I mean, but his dad's not like him. John Dory, no. like. And his dad are just very different characters who, um, uh, I guess you could say his dad was doing something good because he was like on a crusade to bring down Teddy or something. Mm -hmm. But that's like, I felt that kind of felt tacked on. It was almost like, here's this character who abandoned his son because he felt like he was a bad influence on his son or something. Yeah, he... I'm going to have it's this is one of those things that I'm going to have to do some research on to familiarize myself with what happened or rewatch previous episodes. But, you know, his dad had planted evidence on Teddy, which which I thought was kind of, was really neat how they tied them together. It was on Teddy. But, yeah, they had explained oh. that at one point during the episode when June was in the camper and looking at all the photos which I'm going to have to go back and take screenshots of those photos and look at them more closely. But yeah, um, w- the the whole story we've heard all this time was that John Dory's dad planted evidence when he was a police officer because he, w- he knew this guy was a serial killer, but he couldn't get the evidence he needed to put him behind bars. And, you know, that's a morally, you know... If you don't have the evidence, how can you be 100% positive? I'm not pro-planting evidence. But um, so he but he planted the evidence. In his mind, he decided it was the right thing to do. He said he was very hated. Or I'm a little fuzzy on this. I thought he was hated and that no one looked at him the same after that. But in today's episode, I thought he said that no one really knew and he just hated himself for it or, or had real trouble with it. Hmm. Ultimate, he got very depressed over the whole thing, over everything that happened, and ultimately left because he felt like he was being a bad influence on his son, which it's a bit of a cop-out. Ha-ha, <laughs> pun. Cop-out. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of a cop-out for the cop to, you know, leave his son and his family 
rather yep. than really work it through it with them. But his son came to forgive him, as was revealed in that letter. But yes, Teddy was, I, I just started retelling the story and went off track, but Teddy was the guy. Teddy was a serial killer. Teddy was the guy that, I guess he was a serial killer. That's one of those details I have to look Yeah, at. I don't remember what he was supposedly guilty of, but John Dory's dad thought that he was definitely guilty of something he couldn't prove, so he framed, or he, you know, he falsified evidence of something I think else. he was either a serial killer or, because he had all those missing person posters up in his trailer. Oh. But yes, okay. Teddy was the guy. And then apparently at some point... After the apocalypse, Teddy was able to get out of jail because he was in jail for life. And now he's off doing what he was trying to do then. Apparently his goal was always to create this cult around the end is the beginning. And he's been spouting that type of stuff all the time, his whole life. Hmm. And now he has a chance to make that a reality. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was Teddy. Okay, so, well, Teddy. you know, whatever the case was when he was framed, he is now a genocidal maniac who wants to set off nukes. We, they never explain this in the show, but they've, no. they've hinted at it so hard that it's, like, impossible to not know what exactly. he wants. He wants to blow up the surface area of the world, destroy everything that's on the – every human being that's on the surface – so that mm-hmm. he can, I guess, emerge someday with his cult and claim the entire world. Now, that's such a ridiculous goal. Um, I think it's really stupid. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, like, he already has one of two keys, and he needs two keys in order to make it happen. That's what that's what we uh, have been presented with, that, that maybe there are... The key that Morgan had... Was you know, I remember... Key. Yeah, there, was it he does he already have all the keys he needs? Yes, we um they yes, because when he was questioning Alicia in the episode where he was introduced, he was wearing something around his neck that was strongly hinted at being the other key. Okay. And I seem to remember in some previous episode they planted a seed. They had like a van full of guys jump Morgan out of nowhere trying to get the key. You remember? Or did he have to attack other guys and he found the key? I can't remember. But there were some randos with related to that they key. They had a bounty, I think, on Morgan to try to get the key back. But I think that was Virginia's group, right? Didn't Virginia set a bounty? I'm I think sorry. That's two I'm getting it all things. mixed up. I think that the I, bounty hunters were sent by Virginia and yes. that the van guys were never explained. And we were That's left right. to wonder, why do they want the key and why is it so important to them? So now we know those guys were probably with the cult um, with Teddy trying to get yes. that key. Um, and so I guess, yeah, I guess two keys is enough to get the whole nuclear arsenal of America, which is kind of weird to think about. But, no, um, I don't think it's the whole. No, I don't think it's the whole nuclear arsenal of America. It's that nuclear sub. Those are the keys to get to that nuclear sub that's above ground. Okay, a nuclear sub. I still don't. I still it's don't still understand weird. like how he's supposed to kill all of mankind with one nuclear sub. D- is he, or is he just clearing out part of Texas? <laughs> I mean, it, it, they've been a little vague. 
They, yeah, they've you're been right. a little vague. You're right. I don't really, I just, none of it makes sense because. It you, doesn't make a lot. You Sure, you clear out Texas, but you irradiate the whole area for however many years. I mean, but let's keep in mind, this dude is crazy. Yeah. Right? I mean, just the idea of what he wants to do in the first place. I think when someone's crazy like that, you can't really rationalize. Yeah, right, but he's convinced sense. a lot of people to follow he his has, vision. That's true. Um, but who knows? You know, who knows how many are, are in on his full vision or have a false vision that he's pitched to them. We don't really know any of that. We only have like one episode from inside. And uh, we know from the preview for next episode, Alicia is a major part of it. We're going to get all sorts of info from within the cult next episode. So very excited about that. Um, back to this episode. Okay, so we had... Oh. What? I just wanted to clear up something about John Dory's dad. We were questioning, trying to remember what his crime was in the story. Well, for anyone listening, I just looked it up in online on the wiki, and they have a quote that John Dory said to Jacob when he was telling him about his dad. So this might be helpful. Basically, John Dory says, everybody knew this guy was guilty. They couldn't pin any of the murders directly to him, at least not without anything that would stick in court. Then my dad found something, a purse belonging to one of the missing women, squirreled away in the back of that guy's closet. And that was enough to put that son of a bitch away for the rest of his life. He planted that purse. He broke the rules to set things right so people mm. could feel like they were living in a world where they knew which way was up. The people that knew what my dad had done, his friends on the force, they were happy to get a dangerous guy off the street, save the women he might have hurt. But they never looked at him the same way again. It was like they weren't certain they could trust anything he did now. Marriage to my mama fell apart. He moved up north. He started drinking. Okay. He did the right thing, and it cost him. It cost him something hard. I ain't worried about me, and I trust Jenny not to hurt June because she needs people who know medicine. But I know I'll never see her again. And when my dad disappeared, that was hard on my mama. That was hard on me. But he had to do what he did. It's who he was. So, right. and oh, and then he says, and I know there are people alive today who probably wouldn't have been. So... That is the background of John Dory Sr. All right. All right. So, yeah, that's really good info to have his backstory now that he's going to apparently be a character. Yep. Uh, okay. So, so another aspect of the story, this episode, we have Dwight and Dwight's uh, ex-wife. E, what are, what's her name? Wife. Well, Dwight's Sherry. wife. They never. Sherry. Yeah, they're right. still married. They're only exes in terms of like what Negan, Negan forced to have happen. Okay. But they so never Dwight, purposefully broke up. So Dwight and Sherry are having this journey together, and uh, it's like Sherry's just kind of seems like she's given up on life. She's she's kind of depressed. She's she's pinning everything on Negan. And deciding that that's her new life goal is to go. I mean, because before it was like take down Virginia, and she took down Virginia, and now she's like, I can't, I can't just stay and be happy. I have to go on this quest to go and mm -hmm. kill Negan. It just kind of seems like she's searching for meaning, and she just knows she's not happy with Dwight. 
Dwight is an interesting character. He's kind of, he grew on me over time. I liked him more and more. And then uh, he kind of became, he kind of became an annoying character. Kind of like, kind of like that friend who always like believes he has the right answer for you and your life. And like, you know, he always has this personal story about, you know, I used to be like this and I got <laughs> changed and you can be just like me. You know, he's he's like so holier than thou almost with his the way he approaches people. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, I, I hear totally hear what you're saying. He had a moment in this episode at the end where he was basically admitting, hey, I was super messed up in the past and I've come a long way. And I think that was what Sherry needed to hear. Yeah. Because she was basically saying, well, you, you've gone back to the person you were before and you really have all your stuff together and I'm still messed up. And he had to be, he had to basically tell her, no, I, yeah, Yeah, you can't look at Dwight and see his half burnt off face and know that he's changed over the years. Like, it's so unreasonable that she thinks that he's the same person he was before at all. But I, I also understand like that inclination where she's, she's unhappy. She's feeling this and she is like projecting all of this stuff on all these other people. Mm-hmm. So she looks at Dwight. He's found a way to like come to a piece about stuff and she's jealous of him. Um, yeah. And rationalizes it by thinking that he somehow magically, uh, you know, cured his mind of all the horrors that they experienced together. But it's yeah. interesting to hear them talk about their, like they were in high school together. So like they've known each other a long time. They have a big history and she was going to, you know, he spent all that time trying to find her and then she was just going to leave him and go hunt down Negan. So it was nice that they finally came to an understanding, you know, that she's not going to do that now. She was moving constantly, running, basically running yeah. from Dwight, but also leaving breadcrumbs. So she was very, uh, you know, what do they, they say? She was a tease in a way. She was like, <laughs> she wants to be with Dwight, but she doesn't. Yeah, and it's almost like she continued those same type of actions once she once they were reunited in real life, too. You know, there is one, and this is always going to bother me a little bit. There's this one storyline with Dwight that they hinted at in The Walking Dead that they never, nothing ever came of it. And, and it's just always bugged me because I wrote a story about it once, and or, or I mentioned it in a story I wrote. They hinted at one point that he had a really bad memory, that he was having a lot of issues with it. Sherry mm. had written Dwight a letter that was this big moment that Dwight read it on The Walking Dead while he was looking for her. And I have a copy of a quote from that letter. And basically, part of it, she says, um, she mentions a memory that they had together. And she writes, you remember that? You probably don't. You always said when we started dating, you forgot to tell me you had a shitty memory. You used to get so frustrated by it, knowing you wouldn't remember those good days, those special days. I felt bad for you. I remember you said there was so much you wanted to hold on to and then it'd be gone. But you're lucky you don't remember things, Dee. I wish I could wait for you now 
but I don't know if you'd come mm. with me or if you'd take me that back there or you'd kill me. So that they made a big deal and she made a big deal in that letter about him having a terrible memory. Yeah. And that's a storyline they completely dropped. That's such a good point. Well, okay, so I don't know when that occurred. That was actually like really early in the Dwight yeah. quest, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was in so, the, when he was still on The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, all I know is that, uh, you know, Fear the Walking Dead writing got lazy there for a few episodes. You remember those episodes where yes. Dwight's sitting in the car and just kind of like chilling and there's zombies in the back seat, just like somehow unable to pierce the force field that like protected him, the plot armor, I guess. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and then like, it was that same episode or an episode later when John Dory's like, hold up the ax head and I'll, you know, shoot the bullet so that it slices itself in two and then perfectly, perfectly headshots, both of the zombies. It was so absurd was so absurd i was so worried when she was june was talking to john dory senior about you know how john dory worked at that theme park and stuff that she was going to bring back that i don't know they even had a special name for that it was called something split and i was so worried they were going to bring that up because oh i'm still mad about that it's like there's no way (laughs) but they didn't yay Yay. Um, so yeah, that, that, um, so anyways, that, that relationship is going interesting. Like she, she's Mm -hmm. gonna, she was going to go kill Negan. I guess Dwight talked her out of it in the end. It kind of seems that way. And Dwight's like, let's just start over in some sort of last ditch attempt to save his marriage. And she's like, ah, okay, I guess. And they kiss, but it just seems like, it seems like they're prolonging the inevitable. She's got some major issues. But, um, but understandably, you know, I mean, how can you not have major issues being part caught in that Negan regime during that time period? I mean, Daryl was caught just a little bit and he had big issues just from the little bit of time that they tortured him there. I feel like everybody should have issues. Now, why did John Dory's dad lock June in that room? Um... Oh gosh, something about not wanting her. He, she was the last family he had, and he didn't want her to die. He was afraid that when he went back to his cabin, he would that, that someone would die, and he didn't want her in danger or something like that. It was a little odd, and not to mention if she's being locked in a room that I don't know if it had windows. If it doesn't have windows. I mean, what's she going to do? Starve to death if no one finds her? If she can't kick down the door? I mean, yeah. Just... I mean, in a zombie apocalypse, that's especially yeah. ir- irresponsible. If she starts kicking that door and it takes that's her 100 sweet. kicks to break through the door, what's going to be on the other side of that door when it, go- when it opens? It's a good a horde. There'll be every zombie in the in a quarter mile. So, yeah, that was really stupid. I don't. I didn't like that either. Unless you knew that she had a way out. I'm just going to assume for the sake of the show that 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 is the case he knew of a way out that she would figure (laughs) out but it would take her a minute right that's Um, good i'm gonna assume that too 
Uh, okay, so I think we've covered the covered most of this episode. So let's let's talk about this other episode. The oh, go ahead. Yes, let's. I do want to say two thoughts. I two more thoughts I have. I just want to say that the kind of impromptu funeral they had finally for John Dory was heartbreaking. The actress who plays June did an amazing job showing how heartbroken she was and yeah. that she finally had a chance to grieve him because she's had to push that back all this time to keep moving forward. And she finally had that chance to grieve and it was really sad. So that is so interesting. You know, I, yeah. I didn't think about June and, uh, June and John Dory's father both abandoned him and tried to keep him away. Yeah. Uh, so, so he sad. had a similar dynamic with both of them. Yeah. And they have an interesting dynamic between each other. You know, you, you had the camper scenes where, you know, she's commandeering the camper and she's saying, no, he's saying, no, it's uh yeah, it was, it was really interesting episode, but mm-hmm. yeah, it may, it kind of help, helps explain why John was so, uh, dogged in his um, ambition to find her again because his dad had done the same thing, the same and then thing. yeah, and then uh, Dwight's wife is doing the same thing. It's like the, a pattern in this show of people who drive people away. And in fact, Daniel didn't want anybody in his life anymore for a while, and Morgan didn't want anybody in his life for a while. It's, it's a, there. There are a lot of characters uh, following this path. John Dory, yeah. in fact, in the end, John went out to that same. cabin and didn't want anybody yeah. coming. Yeah, he tried to push Morgan away, which, as it turns out, he was going to either commit suicide or die at the hands of, D- of Dakota. Carol had a hermit face. She did. She did. You're right. You're and, right. Uh, and then, of course, we just saw uh, Daryl have a hermit face for a little while. So, uh, so yeah, you have, you have a lot of characters establishing the, the hermit lifestyle for a little while. They, they always, for a little while, temporarily. so you wanted to talk about the episode yes. two weeks ago, the mother's day episode. All right. Yes. The mother's day <laughs> episode. What a heartbreaking episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we see a vision of the future of the town and all these characters. Daniel's still alive somehow. He's like 120 years old. Yes. And it was just this beautiful thing where you're like, oh, wow, we're, you know, we're getting that perspective. It's like a supernatural thing, you know, a special thing. No, it well, it was kind of a supernatural thing. It, it was, was like a fictional world where... um her daughter gets to grow up and have a life. And we saw um, Dakota survive somehow and seems like a normal person as an adult and stays with the, with the group. It was a uh, man. I just want to say like, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on the episode a lot, but I'll just say like, it was a well done episode. It, it was. was heartbreaking. And, Fear the Walking Dead has strung together two very emotionally powerful, very mm-hmm. sad episodes back to back. What do you think about that? I mean, they're they're thinking deeply on these latest episodes. They're putting a lot of heart into it. 
the the one two weeks ago, or I guess a week ago, technically, the Mother's Day one, there were elements of it that reminded me quite a bit of the episode from Walking Dead where Carl died, right? Hmm. Do you remember how he had visions of the future? We That whole season, we thought maybe we were seeing flash forwards, but instead... It turned out to be his vision of a very peaceful future where Negan was at peace with everyone and everyone was happy in the community. And that ended up inspiring Rick in some ways to change his trajectory. So it was just kind of interesting. It felt like thinking Mm. back on it that there was just it was there was more of a supernatural element to fear the walking dead where she had that opportunity to talk with her child. But there are also some elements that felt a little familiar, not in a bad way, but just felt a little familiar. I feel like they've had a few Fear of the Walking Dead episodes this season that have had paid homage to the Walking Dead in different ways. Like when Virginia lined up everybody on the ground and that was paying homage to Negan when he did the same thing. Yeah. So they've just had some symbolism I think mm-hmm. I just where they're pointing to the walking dead, maybe that, you know, how tough survival is. I don't know how deeply they're thinking about it, but it's just, it's just interesting. It's interesting to see that. And these last two episodes for fear of the walking dead have been very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they have. I think they've really gone full bore into something, into something this this season. Like they're killing John Dory, they're killing uh, yeah. the baby, and um, all these Gosh. characters are going through a lot of shit. Um, you know, Virginia gets killed, which didn't put many people through a lot of shit, but still, that was a great thing. <laughs> It was great. The way they did it, I loved it. I loved that, um, you know, there was a vigilante justice situation and Morgan was, uh, you know, I believe in the wrong to be protecting Virginia in that situation. And he, in the end, he didn't have a say in the matter. And it's looking like he's not even going to hold a grudge against the person who did it. So good because she didn't do the wrong thing. Morgan did the wrong thing in my book. Um, yeah, it had to be done. She Virginia couldn't be trusted. She'd already given Virginia a chance once and saved her life. And look what happened as a result. Virginia put everyone on their knees and threatened to kill them all, including June, had no gratitude. There's absolutely no... I mean, I know that's not ultimately why she killed Virginia, but... Or at least not what was voiced to us as why. But from a pragmatic viewpoint, there was absolutely no reason to believe that Virginia wouldn't just betray them the moment she had a chance. Yeah. It was a completely different situation. I think than Negan because Negan had been decimated when he was Mm -hmm. captured. He didn't, he wasn't a threat anymore in the same way that Virginia was still a threat. Virginia had loyal people all over the place Mm -hmm. who uh, could have, you know, busted her out and who were ready to accept her leadership. That wasn't the same thing with Negan. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just think that uh, 
pragmatically, there was no justification for for Morgan opposing all those other people and in, in locking up Virginia. And I guess that's you said there were parallels. Well, there's yet another parallel is this mm-hmm. um, this kind of a situation playing out. Um, yep. Yeah, I think I think Morgan made the wrong choice. And maybe they are going for the insane Morgan uh, trope a little bit more um, than uh, than we give them credit for. But they're but you're right. Like maybe they're avoiding going full bore because they just did a Daniel is crazy episode. And, um, you know, Daniel, what the heck? Like, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. Like maybe you'd keep him in kind of like under lock and key in a way like help him i mean it, not as a punishment but just because at any point he can snap he almost killed shran shran i always strand. i always get strand it's such a strange name i always forget <laughs> it strand he almost killed him just killed him in cold blood based upon yeah. his own plot and uh he also burned down all that storehouse with all those supplies so you see um yeah just he could really snap at any moment and the fact that he's just uh did he leave did he leave at the end of uh yes he left with strand and he is going to lawton i think where strand is going back to and they're gonna do something over there right 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 well so there you have it um daniel i love daniel as a character and i think that he's an incredible actor um, but I think people are not taking his mental illness very seriously. I agree. They they do need to take it more seriously. and But also, you know, for their safety, but for his too. I mean, he feels incredible guilt when he snaps back to competency and realizes what he's done. So, like you said, this isn't a punishment for him. It's you know, taking care, not just of themselves, but taking care of him too. Well, um, with all that said, we have, uh, exhausted our comments for this episode. I'm sure things will occur to us later, but uh, (laughs) for now we'll go ahead and put it into it. This has been a special fear the walking dead commentary podcast. Normally we put this into our news based podcast that comes out every Friday. What we do is we save the spoilery discussions of that week's post-apocalyptic episodes to the very end so that people can listen to the news and find out what events, games, uh, TV shows, movies are coming out, stuff like that. And then we talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. We also talk about Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Snowpiercer is no longer airing. We talked about that before. Attack on Titan, also no longer airing. But um, just so you get a feel for the kind of things we discuss on the show. Uh, but this, uh, this will normally be in our Friday show. I want to thank you all for joining us for this special episode, uh, and, uh, stay alive out there, everybody. Always be ready for the big one. Bye.